what a uh, crazy week in wrestling. Um, it, I don't know. Is it? Is it? it, it actually, some big, some big stuff happened, right? Yeah. I mean, the, a, a massive moment closed out Raw this week. Yeah. Man, I, I watched that. I didn't watch Raw. You know, it didn't work on me to actually get me to watch Raw. But I watched the clips. Uh, there were enough times there were enough clips on there that I could just watch that. And I appreciated uh, that I could do that without having to, to slog through Raw. Um, but it's, uh, man, it's so good to see. Yeah. I, I like when they when they do right by, you know, not only guys that have just been there and, and put in the work and, and don't seem to complain, but just seem like really great people outside of uh, wrestling as well. So um, I, I was I was very pleased to see Biggie finally be crowned WWE champion. Yeah, it's a, mount, it's a mountain he probably should have been on top of, you know, a couple of years back. But, you know, we'll take it where we can get it. You know, WWE, they are all about those moments, you know, like WrestleMania moments and all that stuff. It's just the the and they do an excellent job at that. It's just the stuff between the moments <laughs> that they really need to work on. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, it's it's the the lack of, you know, long form storytelling like these guys. It's not even anything that they really do that that gets these moments. It's it's the fact that we've wanted to see them for so long and haven't been given them like Zack Ryder taking that intercontinental belt at uh, mania in Dallas um, Kofi at Kofi mania. It's these guys that like should have been in these positions forever. And we have lobbied for them and wanted them just relentlessly for years at a time. Finally get these, these things that, it, I, I don't even necessarily know if, if WWE realizes that it's giving us these moments sometimes. I think it just, we have pined for them for so long. We have built them up to get that, uh, that sort of reaction. Yeah. And I mean, I think on this case, it's, it's, it's a good bit of work that Biggie's done outside of the actual shows. It's the dedication that the new day has, has kept to like, kind of stay together like in even kind of as a, even apart they've stayed together that fighting back on the WWE urge to split up any tag team after a certain amount of time um it, it just it would just wouldn't work with those guys and I I really admire the conviction of those guys to like really fight against any kind of effort to do so so any any effort to split them up um Let's uh, jump to another thing. Did, so did you get to see uh, that? Did you get through uh, that one moment, the one match in uh, that GCW show? Highest in the room. Were no, you able to get to I, that point? Uh, I have reached the intermission point. Um, ah. Because I, I, I could have just skipped to Ron Funches, but at the same time, like, I don't know who any of these damn guys are. And they could show <laughs> up on AEW next week. Um, I very much... And I, for the life of me, keep forgetting his name. Uh, the wrestling gay, love him. He's awesome. Um, You're talking about Effie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Effie's awesome. Um, there's a handful of these guys are great. Uh, the match right before intermission um, was a was a ladder match with, but it it, it was waiting on pinfall. Um, it wasn't an actual ladder match. They just had a shitload of ladders out there. Lots of light tubes involved. But these guys 
knew what the hell they were doing and weren't just like blood drenched by the time this <laughs> thing was over. Um, so it was nice to see. I, I, I do enjoy like hardcore matches. I, I don't get into death matches, but like hardcore matches when the guys really know what they're doing and, you know, get a little, a little poke here and there, little bit, little pops of red. I'm good with it's, it's the, the pizza cutter across the forehead or like gouging at a guy's face with like the broken part of a light tube that doesn't do it for me. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, uh, especially I, I, with an inexperienced Hollywood actor uh, in a death match. That's also <laughs> where you think he could die. That's also I mean, bad. Just, Clips from the the Cardona match alone, like yeah. I didn't do real well with those. Um, <laughs> I just I, I I don't know. I I I like the 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 pure art form of wrestling. I think, yeah. and I, I think when there's there's too much blood, it's there's a, a separation for me between you know this is I- incredibly athletic art, and this is you know the, the, this could could be anything this could be bum fights like yeah it it doesn't it doesn't work for me on a on a wrestling level Um, well for those of you don't know comedian ron funches uh did have his pro wrestling debut and retirement match uh on uh friday's uh highest in the room in los angeles um he was cornered by uh uh, other uh, other fellow comedian paul Shear. Um, and it was, uh, it was a fun time. So I'm not going to say any, say any more about it, but it's a, it's a fun, it's a fun match. It is no Cole, Pat McAfee, like Pat McAfee, like he was great in the ring. And I think that's another thing that separates these, these types of matches. When you have someone that was an athlete like Pat McAfee, like he take, he took to wrestling like way better than, than Funches way better than uh, David Arquette and stuff like that. Like he just, he felt way more natural in the ring than in these, these guys. And that's, that's, I, I think really the difference in, in a lot of those cases, it's not definitely not for Arquette or, or Funches lack of trying, but they, they definitely made up for it in other ways um, in that match and made it uh, wildly entertaining. I, I'm, I, I hate to almost, say this anymore but like i the what we used to say i I was sports entertained like that's basically what that was it it was less a wrestling match and more sports entertainment for sure uh and i enjoyed it um but like let's uh let's keep this ball rolling about sports entertainment uh nxt 2.0 i i wasn't disappointed um there were some some of the new characters have have some real vents uh bruce pritchard (laughs) fingerprints on them uh my family is my family's in waste management yeah our our new mafioso (laughs) who is who's apparently going to join the show uh biggest question mark for me you have a steiner he looks like a steiner why in the hell did you not name him steiner (laughs) (laughs) um i mean it sells itself uh was a little weird that that he opened the show against la knight who later had to wrestle in the fatal <laughs> four way match. Um, I mean, cause they have fired 90% of their roster, but there's more than just those four <laughs> guys. Um, so it was, it was a little weird. I did. I didn't mind the whole, the new setup. It is. It's exactly as they described it. It is a scaled down version of, uh, of, of the raw setup. Um, it looks good. Um, I hadn't put, I hadn't considered all of the uh, the colors were 
somebody I saw a meme on the internet the other day that was that was an ad for dynamite where it was just a mm. bunch of wrestlers standing mm. there with the, the, the color pops going off That's behind right. them. And I didn't I didn't like put two and two together until then, but I mean it it kind of makes sense, but it is. It's it's colorful. The crowd is much more visible and involved now. I loved that underground black cage thing when they had the screens too. Yeah. Um, but it, it, when they just went back to having the crowd without that, it, it lost a lot of the vibe. And, and that was sad because that, that was an awesome fucking look. Um, the new screens are really cool. Like when Ciampa did his entrance and like his face was in the, the X for the NXT mm. on the wall, like that looked amazing. Um, so they put a lot of effort into the new look. Um, Jury's still out on on how the show fares with uh, with more involvement from upper management uh, in in terms of the creative. Uh, yeah. ru- it's rumored that Shawn Michaels still pretty much ran the show on Tuesday, um, so that's good. And the uh, you know people want to shit on these segments, but the the Indy Hartwell Dexter Loomis wedding it was just fun. Yeah, um, I was again. I was sports entertained, and bravo to Austin Theory. He, you know, when they give him moments to shine, he just he takes them to another level. I, it, he plays this character so well. He's so dumb. <laughs> um, oh, I can't remember the the Asian guy's name that that I love with the the crazy blazers. I don't um, I don't know. Is it, I'm not sure if I've seen him before, but I was just like, this guy is great. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah he's got he's got a hell of a, a like aura about him. But it like the first time I saw him, his blazer had a bunch of it was just his face smiling oh all over it. Yeah. I loved it. Um, it Ichimen, maybe. I, I, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he's I mean, that, Ichi, Ichiban is like number one. So like. Like, yeah, so, it's something yeah, like that. Yeah. His name is like number one handsome or something yeah. when you when you translate it. Mm. Um which is I, I'm cool with. But mm. yeah, <laughs> I, I enjoyed I enjoyed this show. Um was very impressed with the uh the debut for uh Little Steiner, um mm-hmm. Bra- Braun Breaker, which I <laughs> which uh which I, this seems to indicate that Braun Strowman might not be coming back anytime soon. Yeah, uh Speaking of Braun Strowman, he apparently attended a wedding this weekend with uh, <laughs> his girlfriend, Raquel Gonzalez. Braun Strowman looks incredible. Hold, hold um, on, hold on. He's dating Raquel Gonzalez? Yeah. That is, uh, that's kind of mind-blowing to me. Yeah, I didn't know it until I saw the photos, but but yeah, he is, he has uh, streamlined. He's He's probably down around 310 now mm. uh, just every every muscle on his body looks like perfectly toned i mean he is just he is actually a monster among men now <laughs> wow yeah I, you know the only thing i i would like them to do at least in the short term as far as this the setup for the NXT 2.0 thing. I mean, I wish I wouldn't call it 2.0, but apparently they're going to keep on going for a while just to really let people know that it's different. But uh, I, I like the crowd. Maybe just a hair darker on the crowd. I just, it felt, in some cases, it almost felt like we were in like a, 
a high school gym or something like that. It was like so bright. Um, and just having, having the crowd just a little bit darker would be nicer. Not like in the complete darkness that they were <laughs> in the old uh, CWC. Um, but also like, I don't know, maybe make those chairs at least look more permanent, even if they can break them down uh, relatively easy. It just it just it felt a little cheap because there's like, oh, these are like fancy folding chairs, but they're folding chairs. So like, I don't know if, if they've just put in some kind of like seating that they can um, that just looks a little bit more like, oh, we're we're, we're here to stay for a while. That that would and, be nice. And they're they, they're not going to travel anytime soon. They're just going to mm. keep working out of that arena. It's basically yeah. just. NXT's home, just install bleachers so that it it looks like it like even even if it's if if you go back on the road and you're just using that building for you know developmental work, you can you can have like people can bring their families in, they can sit around in the crowd and stuff so that they can get experience working in front of a crowd. I mean it I would just put bleachers in. But I, I completely agree on the lights. Um, it, it felt like they were in a bingo hall where they had very limited control over which lights could go on and off. Yeah. Um, so they just went with all of them at full force. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it. I, I'm, I'm with you. I hate 2.0 because it, it, that's incredibly dated. There's, there's got to be something more, you know, with the times they could have called it that uh, would have the same feel. Um, but again, I I think that it really is. It's going to be sort of a work in progress for a few weeks, and then we'll really get a feel for how much they're going to change it. Right. It's uh yeah, like I guess we'll just we'll just wait for a real assessment a couple months from now and see how they're doing. I I hope I hope they succeed in this in this regard. Mm-hmm. I hope they're they're successful. Um, because you know, AEW is getting a little too full and you need, you need to still have a good viable options for everybody. And I, I hate, you know, although someone like Effie shows that you can make a pretty damn, I mean, he's making a pretty damn good living on, on independence. Uh, but you know, it'd be nice for people to have the, that big money option if you're not as charismatic as Effie. So, yeah. And I mean, like a, a guy like Cardona had yeah. he said on the, the Jericho podcast that, you know, he's making he's making good money on the on the independent kind of circuit like he's doing. He's got a really good deal with impact as well. But he was like, you know, to keep to keep the, the money flowing in, he's basically killing himself. He's like, I'm in an airport every day going to do something yeah. different. He's like, I never get to go home. So. Yeah, and I mean that's like essentially why they when they started doing the first uh, being the elites, that was kind of like that's all that show was was just like they were in a they were in airports all the time and they were just killing time and like entertaining themselves recording the show at all these different airports. Um, so yeah, it's uh it's crazy. What happened on uh, AEW this week? I forget it. Was there? I, I know they're I, setting up matches for. I'm gonna Grand be complete. Slam. I'm gonna be completely honest with you. If I waited a year and a half to be in that crowd in New Jersey, I would be pissed off. Um, <laughs> because all that show was was we don't like you, you don't like us. We'll see you next week at the Grand Slam. It was the entire broadcast. There were a couple of matches in there, but nothing meaningful. It, and I mean, it, it. this was the most promo heavy dynamite to date. And it was literally just setting shit up for next week. 
Um, I do desperately hope that Chris Jericho and Jake Hager just beat whoever the American top fight sends out there against them. Yeah. And, and that goes the fuck away because why, why are you recycling five-year-old TNA storyline? It's dumb. Just, just quit doing it. Um, but I'm, I'm super excited that we're going to get non-title, uh, Kenny Omega, Daniel Bryan match. Um, I, I would imagine that you get a, a, a clean finish because the title's not in play. Um, so that'll be that'll be entertaining to see. I'm glad that that if they were going to, you know, jump straight to this match, that it wasn't for the belt. Because um, I'm I'm sort of with everybody else. That belt is hangman's to win. Um, yeah. Uh, the, the story has been built for hangman to win that from Kenny. Uh, so, so keeping the title out of the equation, um, particularly since you are jumping straight to like, I, I can't think of, of a, a bigger dream match. If, if you get Brian Danielson in AEW, then immediately throwing him in with Omega. Um, so that's, uh, I'm glad they're doing that next week. Um, you don't have to wait three months worth of promos to see it in November. Um, but yeah, I mean, Grand Slam should be great. But uh, I really would. I'd be kind of unhappy if I was in that crowd in New Jersey. Yeah. I, I was also thinking when I was watching Rampage, and maybe it's just on my memory because I just watched it uh, yesterday morning. But with, <laughs> like, also the Hardy family office, it's just like a, this catch-all for, like, every heel that's, like, left over. And, like, I feel like Butcher, Blade, and Bunny, they don't need they don't need to be in a faction, really. Like, they're their own thing. Uh, I mean, I, I'm, I guess I'm okay with private party and team Euro trash. I always forget what their actual name is. Um, you know, like, I guess they're okay in Hardy family office, but it's just like, there was like two matches back to back where we just heard the kind of terrible Hardy family office theme song on rampage. And I'm just like, I just like that can, that can go away. We can, you know, we have crowds back. Hardy can maybe evolve his character again. Mm -hmm or devolve or whatever, do something else. I just, I think like, I, I get why he did it when there was no crowds, like why he moved away from uh, the broken stuff. Uh, Cause it just doesn't make sense without any kind of crowds around, but I'm also ready for a new, uh, I mean, this is a big money Mac character. I'm also ready for like a new, new character at this point from him. Uh, and we also don't need all these teams together. I mean, Andy Williams, he cut some weight. Like he was, he was looking pretty good in that, that uh, title match. Yeah. And I and, think, yeah. And I, I think too, that with, with Hardy, if you're going to keep throwing tag teams into his, his faction, mm. big money, Matt is the wrong guy. Um, yeah. That's not tag team, Matt. Um, <laughs> I mean, at, at, at worst, they should be paired up with, you know, version one. Like I, I, I think it's weird that one of his more, his more successful solo characters is the one that's, you know, the, the mentor for all these tag teams. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm with you. Um, I, I think he needs to do something They're They're clearly leaning into a hair versus hair match um, with, with orange Cassidy where Matt Hardy will inevitably end up bald because they're not going to shave orange Cassidy's head. Um, so, I hope that, that, fan got a, a good uh, compensation enough to like shave his head <laughs> the, the, the cut off his very nice looking hair 
just uh, just to further someone else's angle. I'm I'm hoping to get paid well. Yeah, that it's apparently some indie wrestler that yeah. guys on cage side recognized. I didn't know who he was, but yeah. But yeah, it's uh, it's a weird. I mean, I I like I love Matt Hardy. Obviously, I love the Hardys in general. Um, I at this stage in the game, I I think it's it's doing a disservice to all of these people you've paired with him for him to get the big matches, for him to be the one that gets the Orange Cassidy match with the gimmick attached to it. Like these are these are opportunities to like showcase these other guys, which I kind of thought was the point of the Hardy family office. So yeah. I I I don't know. I'm I'm a little lost there. Um, I feel like as as the as AEW has gotten so bloated, um, a lot of this stuff has gotten a little convoluted, um, and there's there's not as much focus on like singular ideas anymore, um, which. I hate the constant comparisons to WCW, but when when you've got things like this, I'm sure at this point it's not getting a ton of creative. So Matt Hardy comes in the door and he's like, oh, I think we should do this this week. And that that's just sort of like what they do there because it's low enough on the card. It, you know, just let him do let him do whatever he's earned that. Yeah. Um, and that that was kind of the downfall of, uh, you know, Hogan and Nash and them just picking their spots and doing whatever the hell they wanted. I mean, the difference there is, is uh, the buck truly does stop with Tony Khan. Like he does have a final say, which in WCW, all those contracts were written to where Bischoff did not have final say in anything. So at least there's protection there. Um, But yeah, like it, it could be, uh, and I, and I, I agree that I don't think there's a problem at the top end of the card as far as those storylines. But it, it, it could be, you know, lower down and, and some of those lower card stuff where, I mean, Tony can Khan's just one man really. And I know that some of the other EVPs and stuff are helping out, but, um, there's only a certain amount. And I, I mean, at the same time, I don't want him to like bring in a whole like writing team and stuff like WWE. Cause that doesn't help either. Um, but you know, maybe having someone just like an assistant for continuity type thing or, or something like that, like, you know, just someone to help out that he that he trusts is always good too. So, well, and, I don't know. and you've got a guy like, I mean, I I hate the idea of of giving giving um, performers too much control over creative, but you've got a guy like CM Punk who clearly understands all of the inner workings of of the business and clearly watches all of it. Like he comments on literally everything that happens in AEW. So. I, you've got a guy there that's got both the the mental, you know, acuity and the the motivation to like see this show do really really well. Um, I mean, I I could see that being a role for him. Uh, Christian, everybody that's ever worked with him says he has one of the best wrestling minds in the business. Um, so you know, you've got you've got these guys that. Um, not right now. Obviously, they're they're a little busy trying to memorize all these promos and 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 keep keep their their storylines running. Christian's working two shows, um, so I mean, but down the line, I think he's got enough guys there that yeah. you know, as it starts to get bloated and become kind of a continuity issue, there's enough guys that can you know, this is we need to 
we need to streamline this process sort of thing. I think Mark Henry would be great. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, he uh, basically Mark Henry single-handedly was the, the, the brainchild behind the nation of domination. So, <laughs> I mean, you, that guy, he's, he's got the brain for it. I think he's going to be great on commentary if he's ever given more, more chance to like speak up. But um, yeah, the, the tools are in place. Um, I think there's going to be, we didn't see a ton of it year one, but I, I think we're going to see some of the growing pains for them, you know, over the next yeah. year or two. And, and some of this stuff's going to get a little foggy, but um, I think it'll, it'll kind of balance itself out once they, once they get through the, uh, the mad signing craze and, <laughs> and yeah. having, having this like bloated roster with not a whole lot of TV time for them. Um, I could see Rampage becoming a two-hour show uh, if it continues to do really well because it's in a shit time slot. So the fact that it does as well as it does yeah. is kind of amazing. Um, yeah, I, and uh, we're getting the first two-hour uh, Rampage this this Friday. Uh, this Friday is going to be a two-hour show. So we'll see how it runs. I mean, it's, it, seems, it seems pretty big. Yeah. Um, we've got... Uh, CM Punk facing Will Hobbs before he inevitably faces Hook some point down the line, the real dream match. Um, <laughs> I, I think I, I hope Hobbs takes this. I, I really feel like, like, OK, so you got that first match back. You got Punk uh, winning, to, winning over Darby. I kind of feel like, I mean, Hobbs, again, powerhouse. Like, I feel like. At the very least, if if Punk wins, it's got to be positioned in a way that his veteran mind, like like somehow like strat, like it's got to like appear like a strategy thing because it's definitely not going to be an overpowering thing. The um, the, the Chris Saban over Moose finish. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was excellent, and I, and they told a, a great story in that ring, uh, and we uh, successfully mentioned Moose uh, for the second time this season, so that that helps. Why? While I have it in mind, so we do not <laughs> neglect him again. Moose was on the losing side of a 10-man tag match this week. Um, I mean, it was inevitable. He was he was opposite, you know, Josh Alexander, uh, Christian, Sammy Callahan, Edwards, and Chris Saban. Um, they, they paired him with Ace Austin and a couple of guys I don't really... Or Brian Myers was on the other team, or was on Moose's team, uh, uh, Big Cass Morrissey was uh, was with Moose, but uh, he didn't eat the finish. But he was on the losing end, so we have mm. we have mentioned Moose's contribution to wrestling. For the <laughs> week. All right, well, tune in next week. We, we promise we'll we'll bring you more Moose updates. Um, yeah, I just uh, man, I, I I lost. Oh, we were t- we were talking about like yeah, that's the only way that CM Punk should win is he should it should be. Uh, something similar to that finish. Um, I'm I mean, a roll up if it's done right. Like again, like it's just, as long as it's not the WWE roll ups all the time situation. So I don't know. I, I have thought that you know they would they would finish up the Brian Cage stuff and then Team Taz would go after Miro. Mm-hmm. Um, something about that felt right to me. And I mean, it yeah. could still come down the line, but I really wanted to see Hobbs and Miro for the the TNT belt. Um, yeah, like I, I think that match would be amazing. Uh, there's not a whole lot of outside of Brian Cage. There's not a whole lot of guys in AEW that I think have the power to like 
physically match up with Hobbs. And I think Miro's one of them. So I, I would I would love to see that in the not too distant future. Yeah. I, and I like to see Wardlow talking about other big men uh, that haven't really done a lot. Like, I would like to see Wardlow do it because when Wardlow has performed, he's been pretty damn good. So uh, definitely I'd see. I, I do like that they, they protect him a little bit, but like at the same time, because if someone like Wardlow should be just tearing through most of that AEW, like, you know, tiny guy roster, like, but uh, I so I do would like I would like to see him a little bit more. Yeah. So is is he because he he seems to have come out of nowhere. Was was he part of uh, Cody's wrestling school or something? And and they were like, he this was, guy's this guy's got a great look. We need to get him. We need to get him in here, and we'll we'll keep working with him as he as he progresses, and and then. He, from from what I could tell, he was working in the Northeast. So okay. um, someone was mentioning how like so much of this roster is from like Long Island or like or like New York City. But like they're all like <laughs> they all like worked or, or uh, started out like all within like, I don't know, like 10 miles of each other. Maybe in different times because they grew up at different times. But yeah, like it's, it's a crazy Long Island stacked roster. Wow, he's, he he's he's only six three. I thought he would be, you know. Yeah, that it shows giant. how small the roster is. <laughs> like really, so six so, three yeah. two seventy. So realistically, he is he's the exact same size as Roman Reigns. Yeah, that's nuts. But uh, I guess the last thing, and it's kind of the the almost the elephant in the room situation. But uh, have you? Did you watch that plane ride from hell? That dark I, side of the ring? I have not yet. Um, You've I, read about it, I'm assuming. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's quite a lot. So the, there is one little little detail that's kind of popped up that is uh, incorrect and at least supposedly incorrect. Um, but uh, Co- Jonathan Coachman coach. Uh, was on that flight and he vehemently was defending the fact that Vince was not on that flight. Uh, And then, you know, and again, people were kind of talking about it. And I think it was also then later confirmed by uh, Dave Meltzer, you know, again, whatever you think of him, uh, he did look into this and like, he wasn't on the actual flight. Uh, But still, you know, there were responsible people on that flight and the, the, that stuff got like way out of hand, but it just, uh, I mean, we've always always heard about the the stuff, the tussle between um, Kurt Hennig and uh, and Brock Lesnar, which to hear it retold sounds incredibly dangerous. Like the, they collided with the exit road door. And even though there's a lot of work that would have to be done to actually like pop that door off, like it's still it's still I, I would I would have been terrified if I was any of those wrestlers on that plane yeah. uh, that we are all going to die. And that would that would have what a crazy like alternate universe that would have happened where like the entire WWF roster or WWE roster at the time would have would have died. You know, like that's a that's an alternate universe situation that would be super crazy. Yeah. Like if uh, Disney acquires WWE and then they do their own version of that Marvel's What If show for <laughs> for wrestling, uh, that could be an option. But I don't know. It's uh, Ric Flair. They had the flight attendant on there that 
that uh, Ric Flair supposedly had uh, touch him. Like she, he cornered her and had and made made her touch him. Uh, Ric Flair denies it, and uh, but there's been some 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 fallout. He's lost some ad deals and stuff since this episode has come out. Uh, Tommy Dreamer went out of his way to like fall on his dig his own grade, fall on a sword to defend Ric Flair when all you really had to do is just not really say anything. Just keep when, your mouth shut. <laughs> When when RVD is like the voice of reason in this uh, in this um, in this episode, it's just like yeah, that's that's crazy. So so yeah, I don't know. It's a uh, we'll have to see what happens, but it's definitely the most. Uh, someone was joking that there should be a dark side of the ring episode on the dark side of the ring, playing right from hell episode. <laughs> from all the it, fallout, it sounds like it. I did think it was a little weird, like the 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 idea that it. it that Vince and Linda would have been on that plane. Um, it, people getting drunk and getting rowdy with Vince around, he, he probably would have egged some of that on. I don't think any of that would have happened if Linda was on that plane. So <laughs> like yeah. I mean, they've, they've all seemed to have way too much respect for her to have, to have gotten out of hand like that. So it, that, that to begin with caught me a little off guard. Um, as as much as I wish I could say it, I'm not I'm not really surprised by revelations about Ric Flair. Like no, I have I have waited patiently for for more Me Too shit to, to hit the WWE. Just you don't get these like testosterone-addled steroid guys in a room and, and not run into these sorts of issues. I mean, it's, I'm not, and that is in no way to give any of it a pass. I'm just saying those are the sorts of environments where these stories come from most often. Um, and these guys were paid incredibly well. They stayed drunk and drugged. Like they were, they were the guys that were going to be the most likely candidates to get me tooed. Um, so I don't know why everybody seems shocked that the Ric Flair could have done this. Um, I mean, what's what's the whole thing where like when someone tells you who they are, like believe them. Uh, Ric Flair hasn't really there's a there was a WWE story time that they pulled down from Peacock where it's basically him retelling the plane ride from hell. And but then always talking about how all the like flight attendants were like like fawning all over him and it's like oh uh, you know none of this should really be a surprise in a way um but yeah it's it's still it's still heartbreaking to listen to the the flight attendant lady uh talk about it um man i can't remember her name right now uh but it's still like it's still crazy and then like and it's just like the thing is like when Undertaker a few months ago or Mark or whatever you want to call him now, um, he was talking about how like all the guys now are too soft and like and like they're not tough like the, we were back in the day. But it's just like Undertaker was a locker room leader when all this stuff was going down. And that's a lot of bad shit going down. And now there are nerds who play video games in the back. And I think the industry as a whole is better for it. And not to say that there's there still isn't problems because obviously a lot of the speaking out stuff were about 
current indie people, uh, especially in the UK. Um, but there's still a lot of nerds out there that, that, that aren't doing these things. You've got the uh, the Adam Coles and you have uh, the Garganos and, and all those guys, um, you know, Xavier Woods, Biggie, like, you know, these guys are good stand up guys. And uh, and I think it's definitely better. And I think I, I think part of that was maybe the move to the PG thing. I don't know if McMahon, McMahon intentionally did that, but I think the move to make the product more PG probably also had an effect on the the backstage as well. So, so yeah, yeah. So, I'm excited for uh, this season to watch uh, the episode on Luna Vachon as the uh, as the ads point out that she was schizophrenic or something, or at least someone claimed she was schizophrenic, and that would always make sense why she always felt very dangerous on the TV to me. Like anytime she showed up when we were watching the Attitude Era, she felt incredibly dangerous, like more dangerous than anybody else on that roster. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. I'm excited to, to watch that. Um, but yeah, you've got, you, I think you just started the season, right? Or the yeah. First half I, of the season. I'm, I'm just starting that Hulu stays. Um, I think, I think for them, they stay a season behind, but since this season got split in half, um, I've yeah. already got the, the first half of this season. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to get into that. Um, as I, like I told you, I didn't, I didn't really have a ton of familiarity with Brian Pillman. Um, mm. So I'm excited to finally see those. Um, Cause I, I legitimately just really enjoy Brian Pillman jr. Like n- yeah. no knowledge of his dad. Like I know he was crazy <laughs> like that. I, I've heard enough of, of the, the little tidbits about him being a, a wild one in, uh, in other documentaries, but outside of that, like I, I just legitimately enjoy varsity blondes and Brian Pillman jr. (laughs) Um, so that I I'm, I'm excited to get into those. Um, not so excited to hit episode three, uh, as it is the king of death match, (laughs) Nick gauge. Uh, I don't, I don't know that my heart can handle too much murder, death, kill, but, uh, (laughs) but we'll, we'll see. I'll take it. I'll take it slowly. I'll turn it on in the background while I'm doing work. Or yeah during a zoom meeting <laughs> you just like turn white while like in the middle of your meeting uh i just start like vomiting profusely <laughs> uh the collision in korea one is also just uh it, quite fun quite interesting uh to to hear about that whole north korea show um i i, I really enjoyed that one a lot so anyway well that's uh we've got the you know the big show in in Arthur Ashe Stadium, I am actually really looking forward to seeing this setup, uh, just because of the more telescope nature of a of a tennis tennis arena. So um, that'll be kind of interesting to see uh, how they uh, what what the look is if it feels different than a, a normal arena show. Uh, we got that coming up, and uh, we'll see what happens with Big E and stuff coming forward as well, and. And uh, hopefully, no more uh, crazy revelations um, in the <laughs> the next Dark Side of the Ring. I don't I don't know which ne- the next episode is, but it's uh, it's going to be nuts. So, yeah. Well, anything else you're looking forward to? No, I mean uh, the the overly jam packed uh, Arthur Ashe cards uh, for Dynamite and Rampage. Uh, the 
the bloodline will be on raw this week. Um, Roman and the Usos will challenge the new day. Um, so that'll be a good one. Uh, probably I, I honestly, if we got to uh survivor series and everybody was still champs and you could put the, the raw tag belts back on Kofi and Xavier, just do this six man match just repeatedly. I'm okay with yeah. that. Um, uh, outside of that, I don't, there's not a ton. Uh, next Sunday is extreme rules. Um, none of these matches have been announced as being extreme rules matches yet, which is odd <laughs> to me. Um, maybe it's, they're just going to do the whole card as extreme rules. So they don't feel the need to say it, but, uh, yeah. So we've got a pay-per-view on tap, uh, another week of NXT 2.0, um, but yeah, it's it should be a it should be a big week for uh, AEW in particular. Um, they have one hell of a card built for New York City. And next Sunday, I'm going to Pro Wrestling Gorilla, uh, my front row seat. Uh, nice. So that'll that'll be interesting. I'm, I'm excited about uh, particularly. Oh man, who was I excited about? Oh, uh, Malachi Black and uh brody king against uh i forget it's flamita but it was like evil flamita or something like that <laughs> like and uh and black taurus so like that'll be that'll be a lot of fun but I, i'm excited to seeing malachi black like in person uh that'll be really cool so maybe you'll so, get a, J- a jake atlas appearance yeah but i don't know if you saw this but he's uh he's stepping away from wrestling so oh. he he is on the listed on the card, so I don't know if he's going to be wrestling to like f- fulfill you know obligations that he's made. Um, but he said he was you know for mental health reasons and stuff like that he needed to step away from wrestling. So I don't know if they're making a substitution on that card um, or if he's going to kind of just finish that out and then and then just take a break, um, take a permanent break or or a temporary one. But either way, he needed some some time. I'm. I'm sure for him, I know a big goal of his was to be like, you know, kind of the uh, uh, first kind of like openly gay world champion over in WWE. That, that was his like his goal and stuff. And, you know, he's also one of those people that like, you know, WWE was not his like dream, like lifelong. But that was definitely like the reason why he got into wrestling is to is to do that stuff with WWE. And that, you know, didn't happen. So um, yeah. I can imagine stepping away from that. But. It'll be a big bummer because he was one of my favorites. So we'll see. But hey, at least we mentioned Moose, though, this week. Next week, we will, too. So come back next week for your favorite Moose Appreciation Podcast. Yes. Like, subscribe, ring the bell. Watch us on YouTube. All your favorite podcast providers. I, we're probably only on like two. I don't know. I don't know where all Zencaster puts this stuff. We're we're um, we're on like eight, but like it's six I've never heard of. So <laughs> that's where we get all those those fans from Ireland. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, see you. See you next week.